Participate, engage, speak out, use your voice to be an effective advocate. The Voices in Advocacy podcast examines the diverse landscape of advocacy, exploring the ins and outs of building influence, driving change, and creating champion advocates. It's now time for the Voices in Advocacy podcast with your host, Roger Rickard. Hello and welcome to the Voices in Advocacy podcast. I'm Roger Rickard, president and founder of Voices in Advocacy, where we work with organizations to inspire, educate, engage, and activate your supporters by turning them into effective, influential advocates. And this podcast is dedicated to the art of advocacy. This podcast is for the people that work and engage in advocacy efforts for their organizations, be they corporations, associations, trade organizations, and nonprofit cause groups. And if you're one of these people that work to build grassroots advocacy and grow your community of advocates, then you are in the right place. Hey, we are proud to welcome a new sponsor to the show, uh, Rap Index. So let's face it, today's advocacy arena is just plain noisy. Organizations are stretched. You need every advantage to make sure your issue gets the attention it deserves and your voice heard. The Rap Index is the best way to do just that by finding your stakeholders' relationships and engagement power. Get past the noise. Know who your people know. Go to RAP Index. That's R-A-P-Index.com and tell them Roger sent you for a special offer. Hey, now let's get started. I'm very excited about today's episode. We get to meet Cody Lyon. Cody is the Managing Director of Advocacy and Political Affairs Pro political affairs programs with the American Farm Bureau Federation. He leads, directs, and implements Farm Bureau's national grassroots advocacy and political affairs programs, including the development of national strategic initiatives. He also directs the grassroots policy development process for the Farm Bureau. Cody, thank you and welcome to today's show. Thank you, Roger. Good to be with you today. Oh, it's great to see you again. Hey, uh, I'd love to begin with this question. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of advocacy? The very first thing is relationships, and especially for successful advocacy. I, I can't think of any, any campaign, anything we've been involved with, uh, whether it be relationship with the lawmaker from our from my standpoint, or even be from a relationship with an advocate to a lawmaker, or even a relationship between association uh, or staff and staff or whomever it is, that you can't accomplish anything unless you've got a very solid relationship with someone. That, that just makes advocacy so much simpler, so much easier, that you have the trust already there, that you can have that conversation, you can uh, develop that influence. Relationships are key in almost everything, but I think when it comes to advocacy and getting something done that an association or a, a, a nonprofit or a corporation, what somebody wants done, it's all about having that relationship to, to either uh, get you in the door more easily, have the conversation, develop the ask. Relationships are key, and it just and it happens throughout the entire process. Uh, from constituent to lawmaker to staff in the middle, helping develop it along the way. Absolutely. I think that 
that is a great explanation of what really advocacy is about, because with, without those relationships, you suffer. But what is different between advocacy and government relations or public policies? A lot of organizations have people that work in advocacy, and then they also have, you know, the public policy people. Can you help maybe create a line between those two? I, I, I my guess is there's kind of the the, the biggest. Let I, I me. Mean, I boil it down to kind of staff versus maybe constituent and member of an association or farmers and ranchers that we have at Farm Bureau. Government relations staff or public policy staff do an outstanding job of kind of providing information, providing uh, uh, examples of what may happen on complex policy issues, providing background information, providing uh, connections and contacts. Uh, and then our constituents, our farmers and ranchers, take that to the next step and they are able to kind of show this is what happens on my farm or ranch. This is a story that they can tell on how this issue will directly impact them. So I think it kind of comes down to staff have that background information. And then from the advocate standpoint, it's providing that example, the story and the ask of why something needs to be done. It's a balance between those two things that I think makes the broader advocacy uh, help an organization like Farm Bureau implement the policy we need to. It takes both our member, our farmer and rancher getting involved as well as our government relations or public policy staff. That uh, Those working in concert and alignment together will definitely help implement the issues we care about. So from the technical knowledge, if you will, either the technical knowledge about the actual issue or the technical knowledge of what's going on in the sausage making of, of, of the lawmaking process boiled down to personal. Exactly, yes. I think it All takes a, is, is personal. And that's is where is. the advocates play the great role of making it personal. Absolutely, yes. And you, we need to have those farmer and rancher stories because those are those have a lot of impact and a lot of influence with lawmakers. Uh, and their staffs, they want to hear, they, they, they understand the tech, they can understand the technical side, they can learn the technical side, but they need to know what that impact is going to be for a constituent within their district or state. That's, that's exactly right. So I see that you have a theme called influence, action, impact. Uh, explain where that came from and, and why you chose those three key powerful words. We went through a rebranding process of our advocacy program uh, about five to eight years ago or so. And we were looking, you know, I, I always look at what other key, nat key brands are doing and they seem to have like a theme. They seem to have something that kind of resonates what they're doing. So when we were going through a rebranding effort, we got staff together, we got members together, we got a, a large group to kind of go through and, and kind of uh, work through this, this rebranding effort. And these three words just kept kind of coming back to what we wanted to have happen from an advocacy standpoint for our farmers and ranchers. They need to have influence. Influence is what helps uh, an organization, helps our farmers and ranchers achieve the things they want to achieve. To do that, you, to do anything related to advocacy, you got to have an action. You got to, the members have to take that action, make the ask, do the visits, develop the relationships with those lawmakers and staff. And when all this is done, they can, then they can have an impact. The impact that, 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 that they can have on the outcome of their businesses, what they want to see done on a key issue going forward. It, it takes the members, our farmers and ranchers, getting involved, telling their story, making the meetings, 
developing the relationships in order to help achieve the policy goals they want to achieve. And from my, our standpoint of working through this rebranding effort to achieve the policies we wanted, it takes influence, it takes the action, and then it takes the impact to see it through. You know, it, it, it just simply reminds me, the action uh, being the real key there, right in, right in the middle of that, it reminds me, your people are the people that provide the food that sits on our tables every day uh, throughout the world. And, and without the success of your people, then we have things like food insecurity and, uh, uh, and other issues that come to play. And what's, what's the old uh, lobbyist line? If you're not at the table, you're on the menu. On the menu how, appropriate, right. how appropriate with Farm Bureau <laughs> and particularly the farmers and ranchers out there that, that put that food on the, on the table and, and create the menu for us, huh? Yeah, that's true. Our members are involved in everything, food production, uh, fuel production, fiber production. Our members are involved in a lot of different aspects. Um, in fact, when I when I was able to travel the country and get around and see everybody, uh, you know, it, it was fascinating to see the amount of work that that goes into uh, creating a crop and raising an animal and uh, doing these different things that our farmers and ranchers do day in and day out. And it's things that they love and enjoy, and and it's things that they want to to do, and they just want to have that ability to, uh, to, 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 uh, to be successful at it. And, you know, and every time I go to a farm or ranch and visit, they would always offer me something that they grew or raised on their farm or ranch. And it was fascinating to have that, that, that intimate uh, experience with the farm and rancher was something that they raised or grew. You know, uh, that, that reminds me, I've been fortunate enough to have done some work for the American Farm Bureau where I, uh, keynoted at your Young Farmers and Ranchers Conference a few years ago. And then I've done work with some of the state federations and some of the different levels of, of groups within your organization. And the thing that I absolutely love the most about working with your organizations and state affiliates and so on and so forth is the people, the salt of the earth people. These people are good, hearty, wholesome people that really take a great pride in making sure that what they're doing, they do right. So uh, hats, hats off to your people and to everything that they do. Uh, because, you know, I've worked really hard to get my spelt body that I have. <laughs> and it, it comes from all the great products that your people, people produce. So uh, I understand you have a thing called SAT. Uh, I think it's Strategic Action Team. Can yeah. you explain what this is for the audience? Sure. This is an internal group of uh, American Farm Bureau staff that covers all the different disciplines that, that we have um, uh, in the office from communications or public policy, the advocacy side, legal side, economic side, uh, all kind of coming together to, um, uh, to look at essentially it's like an issue management group. You know, what are, what are the key issues that can impact farmers or ranchers? And what are ways then that we can develop strategies and plans to kind of put forth and, and implement the policies we want to see done? What's happening right now uh, on Capitol Hill or, happen, or happening uh, around the country that, that needs, that's kind of coordinated and aligned effort uh, of our staff to kind of recognize what's going on and then work through organizationally to see what, what type of solutions can be out there. When it comes to my involvement, then it, then it turns into, you know, where, where can advocates be effective? Can they meet with lawmakers in a certain 
uh, area or district of the country? Do we need to bring in a small group to Washington, D.C.? Well, when we could do that, you know, have, have that interaction with, with those members of Congress to tell the story and, and have them hear from a variety of different farmers and ranchers on what that, on how that issue is impacting them. And, it's, and then it looks at, you know, how do we, what's the lobby strategy? What's the communication strategy? And it really just helps us kind of um, uh, put everybody in a room together and have these kind of conversations so we can have that alignment among our different disciplines within the American Farm Bureau. So what you're really saying is that advocacy is integral to everything that you do with, within Farm Bureau and that it doesn't live in a vacuum that you Absolutely. tie together all the other key disciplines within the organization to make sure that you're uh, reaching all the touch points correctly. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so the importance of advocacy for Farm Bureau is that, you know, it requires uh, all of our involvement to, uh, to reach lawmakers in, in a way that, that influences the policies we want to see put in place. It, it, it takes all of us kind of working together to do that, and advocacy is not a one uh, one shop uh, group within Farm Bureau. It takes all of us working together to, to advocate and implement the policies that our members want to see done. Well, and because of the product that your members produce, there isn't a single member of Congress or a member of any state legislature or any city government that doesn't get influenced by the outcome of what your members do. So, you know, even if you were going to sit down to talk to the mayor of New York City, as an example, uh, it would be uh, quite appropriate for your people to be talking to them just as well as anywhere else. Uh, you, there's everybody Absolutely. that you touch. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things you know, we, we pride ourselves on is, uh, you know, everybody has to eat and everybody needs food to, to kind of survive. And that's, you know, this is those key things that we want to make sure that our, we feel like our members have that ability to do that. Um, we want to have that interaction. I, I've been up to New York City several times and, and gone to different um, uh, farmers markets in New York in New York City, and you you talk to the people who grow um, uh, uh, grow different produce and fruits and vegetables, or raise different type of animals that they're selling inside the city, and it's amazing to see or hear from them about the the work that they do, and then why it's so important to sell within New York City itself. And they're realizing they have a touch from agriculture directly to a consumer. And that doesn't happen everywhere, but it can, it can happen. It does happen in these major cities and should happen and to help our farmers and ranchers take in what they do to an urban audience and help them better understand uh, why agriculture is vital to them. And, and this is how they can get fresh fruit and produce and why they can get fresh meat and eggs, uh, fresh seafood, fresh, fresh everything, is that, you know, that they want it, consumers want it, our farmers and ranchers need to be able to get it to them in the best way they can. Yeah, and they, and, and they do a fabulous job of that. So in doing a little research, I found out about the GO team. So do you want to explain what the GO, GO stands for? And, and really how you implement that. Sure, the GO team was what we call the grassroots outreach team. And it's essentially, it was, it was born from um, uh, the ability when we, we have various leadership programs within Farm Bureau that helps train farmers and ranchers. One is, as you mentioned, the Young Farmer and Rancher Program. 
We have women's leadership program. We have communications boot camp. We have a, a variety of different leadership programs to where we were training our farm farmer and ranchers to be spokespeople, to be key advocates. And we wanted to kind of have a, uh, the ability to uh, know who had gone through these different programs and then be able to kind of engage them because they've gone through a, a, a little bit higher level advocacy training than, than most other farmers or ranchers. And so we, we developed a grassroots outreach team in order to know more about these members, engage them when those opportunities came up on this key, uh, key media ask. Whenever we get a, a question from a reporter, we want to connect that reporter because they're looking for someone who perhaps let's say is a first generation uh, young farmer rancher, let's say in Tennessee, who raises cattle and has these other kind of interests. And so through the GO team, we're able to do that because these members have gone through media training. Media training is very different than going through advocacy training of meeting with lawmakers. All these things are very important, but you have to, having a member who knows how to talk to the media, but also knows how to talk to a lawmaker, who also knows how to talk to a consumer, because the message may all be the same, but how it's delivered and how you say Correct. certain things and how you interact is a little bit different kind of based off the audience. And our GO team members understand the difference and they know how to do this. And then we're able to kind of be able to provide this member uh, to whatever advocacy requests we have, whether it be again from the media, from legislative or from consumer base. A lot of our GO team members, they've traveled to conferences. They've, they've spoken in front of groups of 5,000 plus people. They've spoken to scientists on, on biotechnology uh, type issues. They've met with members of Congress uh, on a variety of different key issues that we've had. And they've, they've met with their staff to kind of go through some details of, of, of key legislation and how uh, you know, tax code impacts farmers and ranchers in, in, a, in a variety of ways. So they, they, they are that, a, that group of people who can interact and do a variety of different things for us, but they're specially trained. And most importantly, this group wants to continue to get additional training. These are, these are passionate farmers and ranchers who want to advocate more. They want to be involved in different ways. And the more we, we know about them, we, we have a relationship with them as we kind of go back to the, when we started the podcast. Exactly. If, if we know uh, a farmer and rancher cares about talking to the media in a certain, on certain topics, then we can put that member in that position to be able to do that. And it's just something that just helps spread the farmer and rancher message in their voice to reach that bigger and broader audience. Uh, and that's really where advocacy comes into play from us with that farmer and rancher voice is so key. You know, as someone like myself that, that, trains people to be better advocates, that works to try to engage people to be advocates. Uh, I have not seen uh, an organization do as much work as you do to drill down, to give people extensive uh, training in, in the different disciplines that you were talking about, be it, be it you know, with media or any of the others that you listed there you you folks do a fabulous job of that and and you get them extremely excited and i gotta i gotta take a sidebar here and share a little story and i think i've told you this off off air before i was at the texas farm bureau and i was speaking to their youth leadership and uh, they had seen me uh, speak before 
And they told me, do the exact same presentation. And I was just literally scared to death in front of teenagers who I thought would not pay attention to what I was going to have to say and how I was going to have to say it. And they were the greatest audience I've ever had. And I mean that sincerely. They were the greatest audience. They were engaging. Uh, they, uh, they listened incredibly intentive and then afterwards stood in lines to talk to me and ask other questions. And I got more personal handwritten notes from that audience than any other audience I've done. What that tells me is that not only the training that the American Farm Bureau does and how it uh, trickles down to the state affiliates and what work they do and how you're trying at a very young age to be able to get people to understand the importance of the of what advocacy means to their overall success and the and the success of the agriculture industry uh, mm-hmm. overall, you guys do a great job. So uh, I want well, to really throw that out. I appreciate. It. I will say our 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 leadership uh, education uh, and engagement group at American Farm Bureau is outstanding. You mentioned our state farm bureaus. They are outstanding as well. They, they are, um, it, it is a partnership in my view with our state affiliates. Um, they, they, they do such a great job of, of working, uh, coordinating with the American Farm Bureau, working with the farmers and ranchers on the ground. We, we would not be as successful as a federation without the, the work of our state farm bureaus and us working in concert together. Yeah. So, so with that, and you've got your go team and you've identified people and you're training them and you're, you're really building them up quite a bit. How do you find additional advocates then? Our, our, we, we work very closely with our state farm bureaus on this and, and our state farm bureaus are key to kind of know whether or not a, a farmer or rancher uh, is showing a passion for, uh, for, for, for advocacy. Um, you know, they're on the grounds with our members, you know, day, or with, I'm sorry, with farmers and ranchers day in and day out. Um, you know, they're the ones who come in contact with them. They're the ones who offer, you know, additional training at the state level in addition to what American Farm Bureau offers. And, and they're able to kind of identify, you know, key advocates who, who want this additional training or want to be part of, of, uh, of a go team group. And, and this is really success in how we build uh, the GO team is, is and, even, and even our advocacy database overall is, is in concert with our state farm bureaus. Right. Uh, our state farm bureaus are, you know, do such a great job and, and they have state issues that they're working on as well as national issues that we work with them on. And, you know, they're able to kind of identify and know this person has a great story to tell. This farmer rancher has a great relationship with, uh, with this member of Congress. Um, this farmer rancher is related to someone who works in an urban member of Congress uh, office, and 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 those are the those kind of relationships and connections that come in that come in key for us uh, because that that helps you get access, it helps you have meetings, it helps you kind of start developing that influence that you need. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you use your grassroots supporters incredibly well in dealing with what your issues are and what the priorities are for the Farm Bureau Federation. So on a high level, you know, uh, what are some of the priorities in this 117th Congress? <laughs> we, we have a number of key priorities. That, you know, Farm Bureau, one thing I learned is we, we, we are not short on key issues. You know, it, it's gonna go anywhere from trade to sustainability, which is key in this, in this new administration, new Congress 
to innovation, which I think is also what the new administration, new Congress is looking for. What are ways that, 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 uh, that agriculture can help in innovation and find solutions to some issues? Taxes is always key. It's always gonna be key to farmers and ranchers. Energy is gonna be important, infrastructure, immigration, and then of course, farm policy. You know, that overall kind of what's, 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 uh, what are some key things that the administration and Congress can do to help the farmers and ranchers on the ground um, before, you know, as we set up for the next farm bill and, and you know, maybe even kind of going forward from there. I will say, you know, since the election and, and definitely over the past few weeks and months, we've worked closely with the new administration. We work closely with the um, new members of the 117th Congress, as well as, well as the leaders uh, in the Congress, the new uh, committee chairs and new committee ranking members uh, to kind of, you know, share our priorities and what, what's important for American Farm Bureau with them. And we look forward to being good, good constituents, look forward to working with them over uh, this next 117th Congress on these key issues because many are starting to, um, uh, to, to to really be developed and discussed right now. I think the average layman doesn't necessarily understand the diversity of the issue points that you made. I mean, going, you know, from fiscal policy, dealing with taxes, dealing to immigration, and then going over into, uh, you know, uh, all the myriad of things that you just brought up, uh, the thing that clicked to me right away was most people have no clue. They would think that the only reason you would go is to actually talk to them very specifically about, uh, you know, direct food kind yeah. of issues. And that's no, not we, the case at all. You can't be successful. It is not. You don't tie it all is not. together. It is not. When we have, a, 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 you know, members, we have farmers and ranchers around the country, they have different needs around the country. They have different, uh, different things that, that impact their businesses, their farm operations, and to make them be successful. Uh, you know, one of the biggest, it, it, all the issues that I kind of talked about, they, they touch on some of them a little bit differently, but they do touch on all of them. Uh, you know, trade is key. You have to be able to kind of move product uh, that's right. raised and grown here to other countries that need it and want it. Uh, you look at infrastructure, you, you know, you got to be able to move uh, agricultural products from a variety of different places around the country right. to where it can be shipped or it can be sold uh, domestically. Uh, you know, all this, all these things are very, very important. And, and the way we look at it, you know, when a new administration comes in, like the Biden administration or, or what are going to be the priorities for the 100, 117th Congress, what are some of those areas and issues that we have in alignment with their priorities? And then how can we continue to kind of work together uh, to, again, influence what we want to see done and impact uh, the outcome so that we have our policy achieved? Yep. Uh, no, uh, well said. Very, very well said. Thank you. Uh, now, you've been dealing with uh, almost every year in the past, you've had numerous fly-ins, legislative action days. You don't do one a year. You, you stagger them at different times for different needs and, and, and different things. We all know that dealing, first of all, with the pandemic and now with the way that the Capitol has been locked down since January 6th, uh, how are you going to deal with those this year and maybe moving forward? It, it's going to be virtually uh, right now. You know, we, we transitioned to virtual uh, in March of 2020 you know, going forward. We had many fly-ins that were canceled. Our state farm bureaus and us, we, we changed our plans, you know, on a dime. 
um, you know, we, we work with the congressional staff. One of the great things our state farm bureaus have is a relationship with those members of Congress and their staff. So we're able to kind of relay our ask um, uh, through these virtual meetings and have our constituents, our farmers and ranchers attend these virtual meetings. Uh, you know, virtual is, is, is something we know con congressional staff like right now. I think that will continue going forward. It may be some type of hybrid once we get to some type of new normal post-pandemic. Uh, but, you know, our, we know that congressional staff like the ability to have virtual meetings, but the same, the same structure needs to be in place. You still need to have constituents there. You still need to be on time. You still need to have the ask. You still need to, to, to prepare your advocates to go through this 30-minute virtual meeting that, that, um, uh, that you could do in person when you could fly up to Washington. Got to stay focused. You got to stay on topic. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you you, you got to keep the politics out of it. I yeah. mean, you know, we we know the list of things that we teach our people on how to prepare for those meetings. So whether it is face to face or whether it's virtual, those see those key ingredients of, of being successful uh, still exist. They do absolutely do, and, and, but it's in this new format, and that's right. the biggest thing. And, and the new format is tough. Yeah. It, it, well, it, it's adjusting, and and it is, yeah. And we all like the ability to be face to face because there's a lot that you can pick up uh, yeah. in in the meeting when you're face to face, and particularly with body language and and timing and so on and so forth. Do you uh, are you finding an uptick of people now that can do it? Maybe more participate a little bit more because you know the responsibilities on a farm or a ranch are are yeah. massive during period, certain periods of time of the year. And they don't wouldn't have time to fly into D.C. and to do these things. Yeah. But boy, they could jump on a Zoom call and get it done. I think so. And we've I think as everybody's found out, you've learned a lot more about how to operate a Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever the format you want to use. You've, you've right. learned how to do it. I, I think it has increased participation. I, I think it's increased participation, uh, one, because congressional staff want it. your audience that you're trying to reach. This is the way they want to they want to meet with you. So then from a farmer rancher standpoint, it's transitioning all the things you just said that you need to do in person to this format. Right. And you can use, you can use your smartphone and do it, you know, as, as long as you have cell service and if you have Wi-Fi, that's even better. Um, but you have that ability to then connect with the staff or with groups of farmers and ranchers, connect with the staff through a virtual setting, and you don't have to come to Washington to do it. So and instead I think of that has helped. Yeah, and instead of having maybe three or five people in a congressional meeting, you know, particularly on the House side, because we know that the space is very limited, that yeah. you tend to actually meet there. Now you can have 150 people that are actually on the call, and that's the congressional staffers looking at that and saying, wow, there's a I, I lot of people agree. in my district. And that, I think, changes the psychology of how important an issue yeah. is when they can see more and they know more people are participating. Completely agree. As long as you can fill the fill the virtual screen with a lot of different faces and pictures, I think that that helps uh, as well. I'm thinking, you know, farmers and ranchers can can do that from multiple locations around the state to be able to join that virtual call. And I do think that it absolutely helps. It's just continuing to carry those best practices that we know work in person to the virtual to the virtual format. Well, Cody, time flies when you have someone of your stature that knows and understands your industry, knows and understands advocacy, knows how to relate it, 
uh, and build the relationships that, that you built. Uh, so as we start to come to a close here, any final thoughts or anything you would really like to add? I, I think being able to adjust and adapt to what's uh, what's happening right now and what's uh, what may be coming around the next few months and getting to this new normal that we all want to get back to like an in-person meeting, but knowing that it's not going to be exactly like it was before. I think being able to be flexible and, and be able to adapt to what's what's out there to what we want as membership, uh, as farmers and ranchers want. But what does the audience want that we need to influence? If it's going to be congressional staff, let's make sure we are aware of kind of their uh, their needs and the things they need to do. But no matter what, it's never stopping to advocate, never stopping to influence, to do the actions that we need to take, and definitely never stop having the impact uh, that we need to have to implement the policies we want to see done. It's not a one-day act. It's a year-long Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Cody, this was this was fabulous. Uh, how can people reach you or reach Farm Bureau for more information on the organization? It's a website. Our website is www.fb, as in farmbureau.org, fb.org. We have a variety of information there on our issues. Our advocacy resources are there. Everything's there for anybody to kind of come and learn more about the American Farm Bureau Federation. That's excellent. Uh, and it is, it, it is quite a resourceful site. Uh, so thank you. And we'll put those in the show notes uh, so that people uh, don't have to worry about writing that down if you're running around <laughs> as you're uh, listening to the podcast. Well, that wraps up today's great conversation with Cody Lyon of the American Farm View Federation. Thank you, Cody, for being on the show. Thank you, Roger. Good to see you. Good to talk with you. Well, now it's time for the advocacy engagement tip. Now, your supporters, there's reasons why some of them don't participate in your grassroots advocacy efforts. And one of them is apathy. They're apathetic. People are ambivalent about government affairs advocacy or your issues, simply choosing not to care. They require inspiration to act not merely a we need you to do this call to action email. And you heard it from Cody of how they interact with all that and train them. And uh, I think that eliminates a lot of that apathy. So they need to be communicated in ways that touch both their head and their heart to be motivated into action. So my question is, does your organization provide training and practice time for your advocates and your supporters? think about that. Hey, I want to thank our sponsor again, Rap Index, who know who your people know. Go to Rap Index. It's rapindex.com and tell them Roger sent you. A couple of quick notes here at the end of the episode. I would love if you would contribute your thoughts because I'm sure that many of you out there are much wiser than I, and I would love to have uh, your input for that. In upcoming episodes, upcoming episodes, you will be treated to inspiring interviews from leaders of the world of politics, associations, and nonprofit causes. If you like today's podcast, head over to where you find your podcasts, be it Apple, Google, Spotify, and now you can even ask Alexa, hey, play the Voices in Advocacy podcast. A big thank you again to Cody today for being on the show. I greatly appreciate your time, your passion for helping others 
through advocacy. And we at Voices Advocacy work with organizations to inspire, engage, educate, and activate your supporters by turning them into influential and effective advocates. Well, that's it for today's episode. Remember, you have the power to be an effective and influential. Now go out and make it a better world. We hope you enjoyed today's Voices and Advocacy podcast and look forward to you joining us again next week. To learn more about Voices and Advocacy, go to our website, voicesinadvocacy.com.